The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. While the disciples were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, from beginning from Jerusalem." You are witnesses of these things. The gospel of the Lord. When's the last time you were really nervous? I mean, you know how it feels, right? Your heart's pounding out of your chest. Your hands are sweaty. Or maybe you're one of those people, your whole body gets sweaty. And, and you know, maybe you're trembling a little bit. Your knees are knocking together and your stomach feels all queasy. Yeah, I remember when I was in 10th grade... My, my marching band went to Williamsburg, Virginia for a band competition. No, I was not nervous to be in the band competition. I mean, you know me, being on stage, shoot, no problem. What I was afraid of, however, was that while we were there, we went to Bush Gardens, an amusement park. And at the time, I was petrified of roller coasters. And there was one there in particular that was very daunting. It's called the Loch Ness Monster. And at least at that time, it was known as the most intimidating roller coaster in the world. Because you see, it had it all. It had the big hills, it had the loops, the corkscrews, but this one was different. Under it was a bridge that as you entered the park, you would stand on. And the loops weren't just regular loops, they were interlocking loops. And there were two cars running simultaneously. And so what would happen is, while you were in the loop-to-loop, another car was running at you. Pretty scary. Now again, I was there with my friends from high school. I wasn't there with mom and dad that would say, It's okay, Stephen. You don't need to ride the big bad roller coaster. It was, Come on, wimp. Get in line. We're riding the roller coaster. So there I was, standing in line. About to wet myself on one end and puke on on myself on the other. Nervous, just sweating buckets. You know, it was just so nerve-wracking to wait as I counted down the last moments of my life. You know, because I just knew that that roller coaster was going to fly off the rack, fly off the rails, and that would be it. And that is how I felt this morning. Because today, after 399 days, we opened our doors once again for a full crowd. All of the beautiful little bows that adorned the pews are gone. 
And now for the first time in over a year, we welcomed our congregation back. Sure, we're wearing masks, but this is our first big step to a new normal. And I was petrified. Why, you may ask? Why would you be petrified? Because you're going to be in a room full of people again? No, because I might be in a room of empty people. Not empty people, but an empty room with no people. Because over the last year, we've had to make some very difficult decisions. Leaders of this congregation had to decide not to meet a person at all. We have to decide that we were going to push our, our streaming program. We, we had to decide that we were going to come back at 20 and, and 50. We, we made decisions about whether to sing or not to sing. And then we reversed decisions whether to sing or not to sing. We made decisions about wearing masks and what the procedures would be. And in the process of all of that, the world was changing around us. Some people were okay with the decisions we made. Some people were thrilled. Some people were quite angry. But we don't know because people weren't here. And in that process, some folks got really used to wearing their pajamas to church. Some of you are still wearing your pajamas today, which is perfectly fine. If you want, you can wear your pajamas next Sunday too. And so we know that some folks have really become accustomed to worshiping online and they enjoy that. But then some folks may have gone somewhere else because the decisions that we made didn't suit them. Or some folks might have just sort of fallen off from church altogether. Because let's be honest, worship is a habit. And even though y'all are at the late service, some of you probably still struggled to get here at 1045 this morning. And so I was nervous, very nervous, about what was going to happen today. You know, when I showed up here on my first day over five years ago, I stood out in front of the beautiful buildings that have been standing here for some time, and I prayed, dear God, don't let me mess this up. And today, on April the 18th, 2021, my fears were that I was going to find out whether or not I, along with other leaders, had actually messed this place up. Because it's difficult when you're called to be the representative, to be the, the, the represent Christ to other people, which we're all called to do. Because you've heard me say it a million times probably, we are all called to be who we are, where we are, when we are, what we are for a reason. Which means that not only me, but all of you, we're called to be a part of Pisgah Lutheran Church during 2021 pandemic. All right, 2020, 2020, 2021 pandemic, right? Which means that all of us are contributing to what Pisgah will become, to where the church will go from here, to what will happen. That's a daunting task, isn't it? To realize that we might mess up 147 years of history, one that some of your parents... Grandparents, great-grandparents helped to establish. And it's in our hands. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Well, 
It's been going on this way for quite some time. In this morning's gospel reading, we sort of pick up in the middle of a story. Because Jesus had just appeared to those who were, who were walking to Emmaus. They were walking on Emmaus Road. They were all sad because, you know, they, Jesus had died. And, and now some women were saying that the tomb was empty, but they didn't know whether or not to believe him. And Jesus was like, um, hey, fellas, it's me, you know. And they didn't realize Jesus opened the scripture and explained to them. And then when they, he broke the bread, then they knew. And so then they went and told the other disciples this, Okay. The other disciples, you know who we're talking about, right? Probably the big 12 were there. Well, at this point, the 11 were there. And they had heard all the stories. They had witnessed the miracles. They had been told, not once, not twice, but three times, what was going to happen. Jesus was going to be handed over to the chief priest, and he would be tried and convicted and killed. And then on the third day, he would rise from the dead. These were the folks that saw him turn water to wine. These were the folks that saw him walk on water, calm the storms, heal the sick, give sight to the blind. They saw all of this stuff, and he told them three times exactly what was going to happen. And what was their response? Fear and doubt. These were the disciples, folks. You know, the best of the best. And their response was fear and doubt. And then Jesus says, look, it's me. Like Miss Brandy said, you know, he whips out his ID, his hands and his feet. He says, look, I'm right here, flesh and blood. And then it says, in their joy and disbelief. So they were happy, but even still, they still weren't believing. And then after opening up the scriptures, it says... The, the most stunning words, maybe in all of Scripture, in verse 48. You are my witnesses to these things. Really? That's the best you can do, Jesus? The best you got is a bunch of guys that even after hearing everything you said, even after seeing you in the flesh, still doubted. Wow. And you know what's just as astonishing? Now, 2,000 years later, it's in our hands. We are witnesses to these things. Fallen, broken sinners that you and I are. The, the decisions that we make, which may or may not be good. The, the fears that we have. The, our inability to share our gifts, to show God's love. All of the things that we do wrong, and yet God has now placed His church in our hands. And man, does this world need it right now, right? Because the pandemic wasn't all that was going on in the last year, was it? I mean, good gracious. I mean, we, we got left and right. Blue and red just at each other's throats. Now we've got mass shootings every other day, it seems like. We've got all of these things piling up. And right now the world needs some good news. They need some joy. <laughs> and God has called us to be witnesses to these things. We're the ones called to proclaim it. Kind of astonishing, isn't it? Why us? Well, I don't have a reason for why us. 
other than this. It is God who created and it is God who calls us. And therefore, you and I must have whatever it takes to do what God wants, to do what God needs done. You know, we, we have our six signs of living, the, the, the ways that we here at Pisgah define discipleship. And the third one is to step up. And that's what you and I are being called to do, my friends. We're being called to step up. We're being called to be who we are as we are so that other people can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, so that we can share it with our family and friends and the stranger on the street. And no, we may not sit there and give some theological diatribe of, of what it's all about. No, maybe we do it just by sharing a meal with them. Maybe we do it by just inviting them or re-inviting them back to church. Maybe we do it just by showing them love. But you and I are called to be the ambassadors for Christ in this world. We are witnesses to these things. You and I, fallen, broken sinners that we are. And we are called not in spite of who we are, but because of who we are. Children of God, called to be witnesses. You and me. It's amazing, isn't it? Now go, step up, and be witnesses. Amen.